Carpe Noctum, hosted by me, Dylan Kiefer. And me, Dylan Chu. Look at that. Two Dylans just being bros. Oh, God. Sharing some beers. Yeah, what are you, what are you I, drinking this I, week? I, I, we didn't tell us what we were drinking last week either, but I'm, I think that's what I'm So I'm drinking. This is the one you brought over. Uh, it's from Boulevard Brewing Company from Can- in Kansas City, Missouri. It's called the 80 Shilling. It's a Scottish-style ale. It is pretty delicious. Yeah. That's I really like it. Definitely one of my faves that comes out of Boulevard. I am uh, drinking Fly Me Away IPA from Coop Ale Works right here in Oklahoma City. Mm. Uh, very tasty beer. We have some good breweries here in Oklahoma City. We certainly do, I gotta it's like, say. It's impressive. I know because, uh, oh, the what brewing company is it? Bricktown Brewery. Oh, yeah. They have some good ones. Yeah. The restaurants are also just really good, too. So, yeah, they have, I think, t- I know they have two in Oklahoma City. No. Three? No. Well, there's one in Edmond, and they're on second. There's one in downtown, in Bricktown. Yeah, and there's actually, and there's one in Midwest City. Yeah. So there's three, and then I, mean, I know there's one in Norman. I want to say they're opening another one. I wouldn't doubt it. They're really good. Like, yeah. The beer, the beer is fantastic. They've started making their own root beer as well, and it's also really, really yeah, it's actually really really good. I'm sure it is. Uh, and their food is delicious. It is. It's, like, very it's, good. it's actually a very it's a gr- if you want to take someone for kind of like a little bit of a high class date, yeah, yeah, it's like it's a good place to go. Like it's it's a bit of a high class place. Yeah, it's really nice. Not not so high class where you know you get nervous or you gotta dress no, up, think, but it's you know, it's good. Nice it's, some like some nice looking khakis, maybe like a button up. Yeah, because mm. the one downtown it's a two it's a two story one and it's it's super nice. Yeah, I went there for I actually went to the downtown one for the first time this year and I was impressed. Well, episode two, huh? Mm-hmm. I gotta admit, the first one went better than expected. <laughs> we have more views than expected. Uh, so, uh, I'm gonna start off this week, uh, and I'm gonna start off talking about self-care. And I'm almost positive you and I have had at least one conversation about it, right? Last year or the year before. We probably have. Yeah. If anything, we've had probably more than one. Yeah. But we've we, definitely at had least at least one. one. Yeah. So uh, what what put me on it this week is um, I was thinking a lot about how I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to improve in areas of my life that I have certainly been slacking in in the last few years. And uh, and so part of that a couple years ago, I, I wrote a blog post about um, about not profiting off of mental illness, um, and I. At the time, that blog post was more focused on the the marketers and the businesses that kind of go after people who are maybe trying to take care of themselves, but they turn it into a way to make money. And then there are those socialites that will turn it in a way to create buzz for themselves because they seem so so uh, woke because they're so invested suddenly, supposedly invested in, in helping those people with, with mental illness. So as someone who uh, struggles with a mental illness, that has always like rubbed me the wrong way. The way that we talk about it, it's almost like a, a badge some people wear. Not everybody, but there are some people that wear it like a badge. And, and this past week, as I started to, to think about the, the research-backed methods I've been pursuing to take care of myself, which include a lot of exercise, random acts of kindness, investing in relationships. I started to think about all these these other things that that people do to, that are part of this self-care movement. And a lot of the time, as I, as I said in, in a blog post this past week, I think we've turned we've turned it into a trope, you know. We've used certain coping mechanisms as a way, to almost rationalize bad behavior. And I say that because, you know, so one of the, uh, among the many um, things to do for self-care involves reading, journaling, deep breathing exercises, uh, talking to strangers, but then also taking your alone time and, and napping. But then you take that and people will be like, 
oh, I napped for six hours today. It's hashtag self-care. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's way, that's way that, too much. That that's, doesn't actually help. Yeah, that's, uh, that's like saying I have a cold and you drink the entire bottle of cold medicine. Yeah. It's like, well, now you kind of have two problems. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and the thing is self-care is not a trope and it's, it's not a quip that we can, can use either to rationalize poor behavior, but then also to delay our initiative. You know, we, we can go ahead and, and take a bath and journal about our day. But if we're not making an effort to actually get to the heart of the issue at hand, self-care is only going to take you so far. And unfortunately, it's become a thing that mm-hmm. people almost like want to replace real effort. With, Where it's you know? like they, they don't understand. the They go in thinking they're going to do these things without understanding why they're doing them. Yep. So I think that just the fact that they're journaling and their fact that they're tapping and their fact that they're like taking a bath is going to help them. When yeah. they don't, that's like kind of going to the gym and just doing a work, like any workout you kind of feel you want to do. And in, in more times than not, you're going to pertinent yourself because you're just kind of doing everything or anything. You're yeah. probably doing it improperly or too much or too little. And it's it's going to be worse off yeah. than you were before. So, there's no, there's no, no I agree. goal. There's, it, the goal the, is to just do it. There needs to be, yeah. It's like, there, you know, there's no with, structure. There needs to be a, like a reason behind your journey. Like, all right, like what am I writing down in my journal? Why yeah. am I writing this down? What am I going to do with it yeah. once I write it down? And, and even doing those things, I mean, I, I cannot stress enough, at least personally, how important both self-reflection, but then also therapy is. You know, I mean, if you, if you really have those issues where self-care kind of has to be a more significant component of your life because day-to-day struggles just make it difficult the self-care isn't going to make all that go away you know there needs to be more effort put into that and that's i feel like not something that is talked about enough when it comes to self-care it's treated as a trope it's treated as like this cultural movement that we almost kind of like giggle about but it doesn't talk about the actual harsh realities that sometimes lie behind that that make us want to take care of ourselves that make us want to engage in self-care you know, so that was that was just something I thought about this week. I think uh, it's important to take care of yourself, and it's certainly important to take care of yourself because it's not just about you. You know. No, I th- I definitely think it is. So I think because I think it's it is it's a weird thing where like the media or public are like, hey, like let's be aware of mental illness and like let's be aware of this and like let's do that. And it's almost yeah. just like it's almost like a thing that people like, hey, I want to help. Ment- I'm going to be aware of mental illness, and then that's. They can say that they're aware of it, or they're like, "Hey, yeah. I want to help you," but they don't. That that's like as far as it goes. You know, it's a mile, it's a mile wide and an inch deep. There's just yeah. like, but I mean, the 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 road to hell is paved with good intentions. Because uh, yeah. I remember my senior, I remember my senior because we went to college together, me and Dylan. That's how we met. Actually, it's a fun yes. story of how we met. Uh, <laughs> we'll bring that up another day. Yeah. But I remember because I dealt with depression in college, like the whole the whole time, like serious depression. I really probably should have gone to therapy. I wish I had. Uh, during those times, I probably sh- still should. Uh, but I remember there was a mental, like mental health awareness week, and then someone had they were they were standing out in like the kind of commons area outside, and they had a card. It was like, "Hey, you matter," or like something like that. And, like, please sign to let know that the people who are depressed matter. And I just remember walking by and going, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen." Like, oh. okay, cool. Like. Like, what effort does that take? It's two seconds to sign my name, walk on, and forget about it. Yeah. And then that doesn't do anything for the person, even if they were to find someone who's depressed. Yeah. Like, hey, take this card. It's like, hey, there's a bunch of scribbles on here from people who took two seconds out of their day. Don't know me. Don't know my name. Don't yeah. really care to get known about me. I'd burn it. Like, it's worthless I mean, to me. you they could walk by you in the street, and you could trip, and they might laugh at you and keep walking. That could be you, and that could be the person that signed the card. Yeah, no. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's No, yeah. It's, so, it's become the point where they want to take care of it. They've made it so impersonal mm-hmm. that you're like, I don't want to say I have depression because I don't want what you're offering. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I definitely think it's turned into that. And I mentioned that a lot in the blog post I referenced that I wrote a couple years ago. Um, speaking of where we went to school, there was this program called You Shine. And I hate that program. Yeah. I think it's, it's... It focused on mental health. And, like, I believe it was well-meaning. But 
the thing is, is that it really, it almost, in my opinion, made light of mental health. You know, you were supposed to go to these groups. They were open to the public. It wasn't just for people with mental illness. It was people who, quote unquote, supported those with mental illness. And then you'd show up and there'd be all these like happy, cutesy little testimonies about how, oh, I was sad once and now I'm not because I kept trying. Like that, that... That's fine, and those people that have experienced that, like, I don't want to undersell those no, experiences, no. but, like, that does nothing to address the very dark, nitty-gritty ramifications of, of mental illness that some people have to face literally on a daily basis. You know, that passing out uh, a card or a bracelet that says, you matter, it's not going to change my binge drinking that's not no. it's not going to stop me from popping no. pills so i can feel something you know and the other, the other part of it so you shine so they had i remember they had a picture of like hey these are the people that kind of run in you shine and it was all like very young people like most some of them had like just graduated from oc like a few years ahead of us yeah. and like the, i i like looking at the poster looking at people i was like this is more t- for the school to say hey we're doing something yeah than to actually do something and another point so we would we both went to a christian school and I knew that a big thing that would come up if we did go, like, hey, we're depressed or whatnot. They'd be like, oh, like, don't worry, we'll pray for you. Yes. And it's like, no, like, I've, like, yeah. I get, like, I get that. Like, your cool, prayers don't mean dick. But, yeah, it's not, <laughs> not really helping. It's not really you. helping me. It's like, cool, glad you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Can we actually do something to work towards this? Because this yeah. isn't going away. Like, I've been praying to God for years to this go away. It's still here. Yeah. So obviously, it's something I got to live with. Can yeah. work from there. It's like, no, no, don't worry. Yeah, we'll, we'll pray for you. We'll let you talk. We'll, yeah. we'll have some Bible verses for you. I'm like, doesn't yeah. really help that, that much. That gets to me especially. The that let me send you a Bible verse about about having hope or something. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, not only as someone who's not a Christian anymore, but like, I I can put myself. I mean, I got that plenty of times when I was a Christian, but even now I can still put myself in the shoes of, you know, a few years ago when I was a Christian. And, and I know that had I gotten that, actually, it, it doesn't do anything. You know, it's, it, it, it buys time or, or at best it makes the other person feel better because oh, yeah. they were supporting you. You know, it doesn't actually do anything. It doesn't go anywhere to actually help your depression no, or, no. or even build relationships because there have been a number of times where you know a, a, a stranger at school would suddenly want to be supportive of, of someone with mental health but then they go they don't go out of their way to try and actually form those relationships it's all about like it's almost like missionary relationships like i'm going to be friend with you because i know you're struggling yeah, forget about who you are beyond your mental illness it's like the difference between sympathy and empathy so they would sympathize with like oh that's terrible like i'm sorry that's going through but they wouldn't try to empathize they wouldn't try to like really understand yeah hey this is what's going on like this is what happens it's like trying to so because there's a there's a drastic difference between sympathizing with, with people and empathizing with people sure. sympathizing yeah. is like oh i see what you're going through that's that's you know oh that's bad empathizing is like i own like i see where you're going through and i'm trying to understand yeah it's everything a, it's a more yeah it's much more intimate just like yeah. i'm really trying to like figure out where you're going through and feel the same thing you're doing so that I have some semblance to help you. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess if there's if there's one thing I wanted to pull out of this, it's, honestly, I would just ask for people to be more mindful of it, you know? And and I, I feel like even that can only go so far, and, and I know that on a personal level, I need to do better working um, with those individuals that I come into contact every day, and I certainly plan to do that. But for everyone out there, you know, something to think about. That certainly went longer than I thought. Go ahead. Dylan. I mean, no, it's, it's a good, it's a good topic. It's an important topic yeah. because it, yeah. it yeah. is something that's like it's it's thrown around a lot. Like there's mental health health yeah. awareness week. It's like well, that. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> so so that for one week we can talk about something that people deal with year round. I guess. I yeah. It's like oh, like we empathize. Like that's like the the. It's like hey. Don't yeah. worry, like, don't worry, mental people. We gave you a week. <laughs> mental people. Don't worry, mental people. We gave you one week out of the year. Like, it's like, uh, who cares? That, that kind of is like Black History Month. But like, a number of my black friends, they, they, 
they said, not all of them, but some of them have said that they feel insulted by it. Because they're like, why is our history being condensed to one month? Yeah. And now all the other <laughs> months are history for white people. I'm like, well, I've yeah. I've heard that argument before. Yeah, like, when you we put just it have like that, like, yeah, let's just have let's history. just have a history. Let's, let's, like... let's dive into it. Let's celebrate it when it should be celebrated. And obviously let's uh, curse and demean it whenever there's horrible things that we see in history. But anyway, Dylan, tell me about cats. Okay, so... It's been a weird week for me considering cats. So, I've been around cats. I've been around cats before. Dylan has a cat. His name's yeah, I do. His name's Ducky. He is so perfect. Oh my goodness, I hate I hate cats, honestly. Uh, but anyways, my friend, one of my friends from work, uh, is out on vacation this week. From like this whole week, and so one of my other coworkers, she went over to like check on her cat every single day for an hour or so. Uh, but she's also left town, so I started looking out of the, out for the cat for about an hour today, starting yesterday. And I had never had allergies to any sort of animals before this. And I went to her apartment, opened, like, made sure the cat was okay, made sure it had food and water, and just kind of hung out there for an hour to keep the cat company. And as as I, as the hour came by, I'm like, my eyes started getting a little itchy. And as I left and started driving home, my eyes, I just wanted to like rip them out of my oh, sockets because I just they hurt and they were so itchy. Like my nose was stuffed up, and I was sneezing, and I was like. Oh my goodness, am I allergic to cats? Thankfully, I'd had some allergy medicine just sitting in my backpack. Right. And I just kind of carry with me. And so today, I was like, maybe. I was like, all right, like, we'll try this again, round two. See if maybe it was something else, like something else going on. I was just, maybe my contacts hated me at that point. Uh, so I went to the apartment and just kind of sat there for like an uh, sat there actually for like two hours a day just to avoid the traffic going home. My eyes, again, I just wanted to rip them out of my sockets. Jeez. Because they were just so itchy, and I had to take two allergy pills to like settle them down. So I don't know how, because I've been around cats several times before. I yeah. guess not to just this length and extent. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about when you were talking. Like, I guess you have been around ducks. Yeah, you, I've, hel- you, I've held ducks. You have, but maybe it hasn't been for as long of a time. So then my cat's at my grandma's house. She has she has a bunch of them, but like I mean, they stay outside. They're just kind of like wild cats. She kind of looks out of looks out for. So she doesn't. She's never like paid for them or. No, they just like she lives out just, in the middle of nowhere, okay. like so on like farmland. Right. So they're just kind of they're just kind of wild animals. Okay. And so she has cats that just kind of they made their home at their like under their house and around their house, and she'll give them like leftover food and like put out water for them. Right. So I mean I've been around the area, but I guess I've never like I've been to friends' houses who have cats, but I, like this has never happened to me. So I was so. Yeah confused when i left because i was like there's no way i'm allergic to it because i've been around cats before i think i think it is possible to develop allergies it's weird i don't know it's it's it's, 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 it's really weird either way it's unfortunate yeah because that means that you know when you come over to my place duck's gonna be there and i mean we'll see it maybe maybe it's just for some reason this whatever this cat had this, cat, this I mean, specific that, type of cat. That could be it. My I'm mom. My mom is normally allergic to cats, but when she was visiting in, in March, she was around duck for the first time, and she had no issues. It's, so yeah, this cat also was like it shed a lot, so maybe that had. Oh yeah. It was also duck, like duck it was. Doesn't it was also in close much. proximity because it kept rubbing up against my leg, like making me like scratch its like oh, its head. That's so cute. It bit me oh. twice. <laughs> it was like playful but I, like i was almost like i almost punched it oh no because i'm already like i'm not the biggest fan of cats and mm. i was like tired and had like a rough day at work and i was just gonna, like petting his head so you were gonna punch a cat and, like, it, to make you feel and better then, like, or it, it bit my arm and it just had a reaction i like jerked up and like went to punch it and it like oh, ran dude. away i was just like i'm gonna uh, don't oh, do that again that poor and it came kitty. back a little later and i was like petting it and it like it bit my other hand and i was just like i'm gonna Beat you. That's actually. And so I, I refused to pet it the rest of the time I was there. Oh. It came over and started rubbing against me. I just pushed it away. I was he like, just oh. wanted some love. So I had to text my friend today. I was like, "Hey, I can't look over your cat on Saturday. She gets back Saturday night, so it's not right. like, a big of a deal." She's like, "It's." And I was like, "Hey, I'm a, I'm allergic to him." Right. And she's like, "Okay, oh, that sucks." She's like, "Oh, it's fine. Don't worry. I'll have like another friend come over, but like, even if she doesn't, it's fine. I get back like Saturday night." I was like, "All right, that's fine." Yeah, I was like, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but like, I just, I had no idea. Yeah. Because she had asked before, she's like, you're not allergic to cats, are you? I was like, no. I'm like, I'll be fine. I, I can come watch a cat. Apparently not. Yeah. So. Well, that's a shame. I know. Well, not really. I'm not. I'm not I mean, it's a shame for me. It's I a shame hope for you can you. still come, come visit me. Oh, I did. I'll, I'll be fine. Like, it took like an, a whole hour for me to like even start reacting. Well, well. If anything, I'll take allergy medicines, but I don't know. Yeah, I'll take it before, and I'll put duck yeah. in, in the bedroom. But. Yeah. Anyway. 
So yeah, I don't know. That was it. Was just uh, it was a weird thing this week. Yeah, it was it was weird. All right. Well, the next topic, and I would love to hear your opinion on this because I feel like love the way we segue. I just say, hey, we're done. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> I feel like I, I there might be some we, plenty of room for you to talk as someone with an engineering degree. Clearly, a no- knowledge in that area. Uh, well, a, I mean, it's a BS in mechanical engineering. I mean, sure, but not <laughs> nonetheless. I mean, you certainly can can do things I could never dream of doing because I'm I don't. Anyway, the the topic I want to talk about is 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 experts and elitism, and and laymen. So there are, I feel like, especially in the age of Trump, this is a this has been a big thing, you know, because. I think the biggest embarrassment for so-called experts in the past, honestly, I would almost say 50 years, has been the 2016 election when everyone had Hillary Clinton winning at like 95, 98, 99% chance, and then Trump won. I, 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 I kind of laugh at about it when I think about it, to be honest. But it's part pretty of, funny. Yeah. But part of, part of the argument that a lot of populist Trump supporters, people who supported Brexit, they, they pick up, they pick that up as like proof that experts don't know what they're talking about. Um, I, what I, what I find funny, I do think I, I would defend experts. I would defend the idea of qualified people, but then, but then there are times where they're just so wrong that they, that it's inexcusable, you know? So, like, so for this, I default to an article in the Ottawa Citizen out of Ottawa, Ontario, November 30th, 1981, an expert <laughs> claimed, um, he said, if, if teachers don't stand up to growing invasion of computers in classrooms, there's a good chance literacy will, will disappear in 10 years. And this was from a, a professor at... Carleton University. So this, this, I mean, there's more to the article, but the, the the base of his claim is that that in 1981, if if computers were to grow in their presence in the classrooms, that that literacy was going to disappear. Now we know in 2018 that that's not true. I mean, there are more literate people in the world than ever before. Oh sure. no, it's it's definitely if anything increased literacy yeah. worldwide. Worldwide, certainly, and 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 you know, stateside, there can be an argument about you know the, the effects, techniques that I, technology has had, but like overall, like my school right now, we got a grant. My high school, okay, I graduated in 2013, and uh, they, I think, two years after that. A year or two after that, um, they got a grant, and every student in the school got an iPad. Ooh, yeah, so, something they could take home. Teachers were using it to uh, for assignments and and yada yada, and and that, at, you know, the first year was a little rough, but nonetheless, it, it increased first number one the number of people who had access to that kind of technology. The lower class students have never owned a computer or an iPad and now they were given one. Oh yeah, no. And and then of course it it, uh, it it increased the ability for some of these students to almost pick up a lesson where it is that they left off in class. And the continuity of learning increased there. So in that case in some schools that I know my high school is certainly not the only one that's done that since, uh, there's been an increase. Now of course you know with certain technology i know some some people certainly struggle with the way they communicate social media i feel like it it builds toxic relationship it, it certainly grows the toxicity of, of relationships and and then of course there there was i was a actually a another study that i had referenced in a recent blog post but but there is a concern it was a group of researchers at ucla where they they were concerned that we're actually losing our ability to read facial emotions you know, I've, I've heard think, about yeah, that. I think that that that's important part. That's an important discussion when it comes to technology. But this claim oh, that, it's, it's, that it is blatantly we're all going to be wrong. illiterate. Yeah, I mean, it's blatantly wrong. Yeah, and and another such claim that I love to make fun of, Paul Krugman. He's a Nobel Prize winning economist. He's laughable if you ask me. He, he has a New York Times column. Honestly, I struggle to take him seriously. But in the nineties. He said, and I quote, the internet 
will come to have no more economic consequence than the fax machine. <laughs> this guy's a Nobel Prize winner, and he said that. Now, now, of course, the biggest companies in the world thrive on internet traffic. We have, I mean, Amazon just hit it's, $1 trillion oh, yeah. this week. They, they're, at least at one point, their biggest, one of their biggest uh, profit drivers is online advertising, and they're starting to rival Google in that way. And of course, there's Google. Yeah. And all the like Facebook alone only exists online. Yeah. It is a solely yeah. computer internet based yeah. uh, function. So that, uh, I, that that's actually one of my a lot of companies. Things. Yeah, like uh, a lot of programming companies, like yeah. like one we use at SolidWorks. It's a it's one program on that you download from the yeah. internet. Like that's it. Yeah. So there are companies that exist solely today. Only because yeah. of the internet. And the number of startups that exist only oh. because of the internet. Places oh, like have... Everlane, like Brandless. These, they're, they're, it's an online store, and the reason why they can sell their stuff as cheap as they can is because they don't have shelf space. They have warehouses that cost, cost a hell of a lot less to maintain, and they ship you your stuff, so they have no reason to keep update core and stuff that cuts off And then a you lot have websites like Kickstarter, GoFundMe, yeah. Patreon. Yeah, is that what you're uh, yeah, Patreon. That was where yeah. you can, where like Patreon, you can support people that are doing cool things. Yeah. Kickstarter, like, hey, I have this great business idea or this yeah. like cool product. And like so many businesses have started from that. Yeah. There's also been just some weird things that have happened from GoFundMe as a certainly, Kickstarter. It's like the guy yeah. with the uh, uh, potato salad. Have you heard about him? No. He started. He was either GoFundMe or Kickstarter for to make a potato salad, like a what? joke. What? He got about ten thousand dollars. <laughs> that better have been a fantastic. Potato he said like salad. He, he went like way like way more than he told. He like he made basically wow. just a giant block party for his neighborhood, and just like wow. hired like a band and like catered it and just like. I mean that's cool. He basically, yeah, he basically yeah. threw like a party for his neighborhood. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean so. It had like a I think like one of the world's like largest dishes of potato salad. Wow. <laughs> But anyways, going back to the case of elitism, or the like, people making uh, predictions or assumptions about the future, about certain things, I think, and like, oh, there's a guy, like, what, what was the guy, the, the one who won the Nobel Prize, what did he win the Nobel Prize in? Do you have Economics. Any? Economics. Yeah. Really? Okay. So, Which, again, in, in hindsight, yeah. is laughable. If you, if it is laughable. Me. So I think part of the problem is we... I think a good example of this is like Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, yes. or Ben Carson. Like they are arguably very smart. I'm gonna jump in there. I'm okay. gonna jump in there. I I would never ever in my lifetime put Bill Nye on par with Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, Neil deGrasse I, Tyson is a qualified astrophysics. Bill Nye is a, a, a child show star. With a degree in mechanical engineering. True. I mean, Which is one of, the, one of the things I'm getting at. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they are, like, you can look at them as like, all right, you know, they're quote unquote scientists, like, they're smart men. Like, Ben Carson's one of the greatest surgeons who's ever lived, arguably. Like, the man the man's an absolute genius when it comes to uh, surgery and hospitals and uh, any sort of uh, anatomy and physiology. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, absolutely brilliant, you know, astrophysicist. Uh, Bill Nye was, you know, he made a good TV show. You know, made it kids interested. So it, yeah, the one in the nineties, the yeah. most recent one. The no. most recent one is not great. But I think people don't realize. So we see these, uh, you know, the the famous scientists or the famous smart people, and we forget that they're they're really great in their one specific area. But outside of that, they I mean they're more average than not i would yes. argue uh, yes and and that and i think that's yeah. something we we forget because like oh like neil degrasse Tyson said this thing about politics like cool Certainly. but he is an astrophysicist yeah he doesn't have a degree in politics he doesn't yeah. you know he hasn't had the years and years and experience that and his other experts have it's funny so you say his, that. his opinions really shouldn't be weighed any more than say yeah. probably a normal person just so, because he's a famous astrophysicist we we equate um specific intelligence with broad knowledge. Yes. Uh, and I think that's a big mistake. Ben Carson is the same way. Brilliant surgeon, terrible politician. <laughs> yes. Um, so it is It is unarguably a, a thing where we we see this intelligence, but we go, oh, that's an intelligent person. So obviously they're intelligent about everything. All their, yeah. their opinions should matter more than, you know, the common layman. When There are times the common layman probably has better opinions. Like if yeah. you were to put Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, hey, Neil deGrasse Tyson... And then have like an electrician, like, hey, one of you wire my house. It's like, well, 
the electrician's yeah. going to be able to do that. He, yeah. That's his job. He has years and years and years and years of expertise. And he could yeah. outschool Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's an astrophysicist, yeah. on how to wire a house and, and you know wiring electricity. He, he's far more knowledgeable yeah. about that. And so one of them has a PhD, the other one went to trade school. Yeah, but obviously, so I obviously the electrician, electrician, electrician obviously yeah. is the one I'm going to pick. And and that's what I, what I find so important about uh, elitism versus versus layman. But bringing up Neil deGrasse Tyson, another thing, an expert even in the area of space and astrophysics. In 2015, I think is the most recent example. Might be another one, but but Neil deGrasse Tyson said that. The delusion is thinking that SpaceX is going to lead the space frontier. You know, (laughs) Neil deGrasse Tyson once thought that there would never be a profitable way um, to explore space. So he always, that's why he's always defended the NASA budget. He's always said there needs to be more money put into into astrophysics and, and into the study of space. And, and from that, you know, many things can stem from that. And that's great. And that's like, you know, that's another argument, but he he made that argument saying that it's only taxpayers who can do it. And then within a few years, suddenly Elon Musk is launching a, a rocket into space with a car and successfully oh, yeah. brings it back down. You know, I mean, that that is is huge. And so um, there are times where even a qualified expert slash elite in their area of expertise is going to fail. But but bringing up those people that are smart in their area where they're qualified, I think is important because as controversial a figure as he is, Richard Dawkins, I think, understands that. He is a biologist. He started out in zoology. Genetics is where he has his expertise. And he defends elitism. Um, in 2016, he said, if you are going to have an operation, you want an elite surgeon. If you are going to board a plane, you want an elite pilot. The same should be true of government. We need to be governed by the elite rather than by people like you and me. He goes on to say he doesn't actually like the term elite. He doesn't describe himself as an intellectual because he knows that outside of his area, there's not a lot that he knows about, which is funny because... Even though he's a biologist, he certainly never, ever hesitates to comment on politics and religion. But nonetheless, uh, he is, without a doubt, one of the most intelligent and prolific people within the world of science and biology. And and what I like about what he said is that there is room for elites and elitism. Now, when it comes to government, that's that might be a, a little different. There are many laymen in Congress. There are also many jurists, doctors, and PhDs in Congress, person, if you ask me, not enough because, you know, they're, it's kind of a, a joke right now. Well, it's kind of a, it's but, a, positive, it's a weird thing because I would almost have elitist of every, like, facet in there and not yeah. elitist of, like, and that, that they're would be making, because yeah, they're making laws about things that they don't understand. That's definitely true. And, and I think Richard Dawkins is among the many people that criticize Congress for being the one to talk about global warming when half of Congress doesn't even believe in global warming. Let alone they want they are willing to legislate about it, and that's something he talks about all the time. I will say there is a side of the argument regarding elitists being out of touch, and and that was another big thing in the age of Trump, where all these elitists, these coastal elites specifically, they're making fun of Middle America. They're looking down on them. I you know I don't know about that. I've we live in Oklahoma. I was born in Pittsburgh. I've traveled both coasts plenty of times. I've met a lot of great people all over the country, and I don't think we're as divided as one might assume. But either way, I like the idea of intelligent and trained people leading the country, both culturally and politically, but people who also haven't forgotten where it is that they come from. They haven't completely lost touch with those. They're not famous. They're not famous. And right now, that's especially troublesome, you know, the number of politicians that that attend like award ceremonies, celebrity award ceremonies, and stuff like that, I think it's just like shoving it on the face of those people who already feel left out, whatever color they are, whoever they voted for. They feel that way, whether or not that's merited that they feel that way. Either way, these politicians living it up with the one percent, to borrow Bernie Sanders' phrases, um, those people living it up with the one percent and completely forgetting 
where it is they came from or what it's like to be an impoverished farmer in Iowa, for example, you know. So I, I, I do feel like there's a middle ground. I don't think it's elitist lead the way or layman lead the way. I don't think I wouldn't classify someone like Trump as, as a qualified candidate. But nonetheless, there's going to be positive and negatives that come from that. I don't think he's the middle ground, Trump. No, certainly not. But um, I, I do think that, at least specifically for presidents, that there is a, a middle ground out there. Someone who is intelligent, but is also still, hasn't lost touch with their roots, isn't going to these extravagant no, events I, I every agree. weekend. It's, it's a hard thing, I think, to do. Yeah. I, I, just because it's... Yeah. It costs so much money to run for anything these days. That's true. And the, the normal, you know, average guy who probably would do a pretty decent job, you know, it's like you you go say, hey, that's a pretty intelligent guy. He's very likable, very down to earth. Yeah. The chances of him getting enough money to run are slim to none at this yeah. point, just because it's so hard to get people one to care about a local election or to even give money to him because so people are strapped for cash as it is yeah. these days. Certainly. I don't know. It's. I think it's. It's definitely a problem, and I. I don't really know how to fix it. I don't. Yeah. Again, I'm not. I'm, yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking. Expert. I'm talking about this like I. Like I yeah. I've nailed. Like I've hit the nail on the head. I don't know either. I have I, no idea. I. I. I always default personally to the, quote unquote elites, because I know that they are people who have the intelligence, who have done the studies, or have at least, dove into the studies, and they're a lot more likely to have done it over the average layman. I will say, I don't, it was the, because uh, it made big news, um, it was in New York. Uh, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Yes, yes. her. Alexandra, so, sorry. Yes, so she ended up being out, what political position was it? I don't remember. It, it was a state rep. Um, okay. He was an incumbent, he was like right underneath Nancy Pelosi as far as leadership goes. Yeah, and the, so he Democratic basically was like, party. From, from what I read or what I heard, he just didn't campaign. He was like, ah, I'm going to win. And then she yeah. out-campaigned yeah. him and won. Yeah. Regardless of her views, which I think are a little yeah. idealistic. Certainly. Uh, it is good to see that like just a random person yeah. ended up beating out an incumbent who's been there for years. Yeah. Regardless of her political positions. I think I, yeah, the fact I love, that she won alone. In theory, is, I love that. Unfortunately, to, you know, to play devil's advocate, you talk about her background. She used to be a bartender. You know, she just got into politics, and that may or may not be represented in her pretty ignorant political no, I, views. I mean, I'm all for people like who she beat. I don't even remember his name. I don't care. Um, he lost because that kind of elitist attitude where he was pretty... He, he almost felt like he was entitled to that position, which I would argue Hillary Clinton felt that way, and, and people could tell... When they lose, there is a kind of satisfaction to it. No, very satisfactory. Yeah, unfortunately, the the fact that there are people who are demonstrably more intelligent than others, when they lose, even if they are the apathetic slash entitled elites, you gotta you gotta ask if it's really worth it. See, and that wasn't Trump and Hillary, but just in general. No, I think the reason I like it. Is no, I like I don't. I, th- I think her ideals are a little too perfect, a little too idealistic. I think they're gonna fall flat on their face. Yeah. But I think it gives just a bit of hope to everyone that like, hey, like maybe like if we can do this in New York, like, maybe we can do this other places. Like maybe we can like get other people in there who are like pretty well qualified, but are like kind of middle road, just like. Middle class, average Joe. Yeah, maybe. And if that's if that's the, so I think that's the, the important result. part is that like yeah. someone did it, regardless of you know whether they did do a good job in their position or not. Sure. Someone did do it. Yeah. So I think that's at least I think that that alone is a bit of a win. All right. So oh, up next, man. we I I think what I want you to talk about because there's okay. a couple things, returning to the places we haven't been in a while. Okay, yeah. So that, go, go ahead and tell us about what happened this week. So this other, this I think it was yesterday actually. Uh, one of my friends, he's going to graduate school at the college me and Dylan graduated from. And I was going to meet him there at school because he had a meeting he had to go to because he's an RD at one of the uh, of the dorms. Dorms, yeah. It's gone so long I don't remember what they're called anymore. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so he didn't mean, so I was like, oh, okay. So I showed up to campus a little early. I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to walk, walk around a little bit, see what's going on. Uh, so I went to the side of the student center, and there was a, a student center store that, like, I knew, it was kind of a small one, but, like, I knew the layout of it, because I'd go there every, like, once a day almost to buy a PSD. And it had completely changed. After, the, after walking around that, I went to my the engineering building, which I, I spent way too much time at <laughs> in college. I, I basically slept there. And actually, it had changed quite a bit. And it was just kind of interesting to know because I'd only been out of school. It's been only been a little over two years now. And when I went to school there, we didn't have, like, our labs were really messy. They, like, were, like, labs slash classrooms as well. Uh, and going back, I actually met one of my old professors, like, said hi to him. And he kind of showed me around. And they had revamped several of the labs. Uh, they weren't even classrooms anymore. They were just pure labs basement for our systems team. We, we hadn't had any 3D printers when I was there, and they had an entire room they had renovated for a 3D printing class, and they had about 10 different 3D printers. Really? Yeah. I was blown wow. away. I was like, how in the world? Like, I would have, like, they have a whole 3D printing class now you could take, which I couldn't do when I was there, because we didn't even have a 3D printer. That's, wow. To be fair, they were still kind of... That's cool. Well, no, no, I think we had, like, one 3D printer that was like, eh. <laughs> like, it was one of the earlier ones, like, when 3D printer was still kind of making its debut so it wasn't that great right and so it never got used yeah they had like like they're all different sizes all different types and then the old lab that i had it had been uh, changed a good bit like there was a whole new almost like walled off section to get to where my lab was and they were also planning on renovating in a whole nother lab space slash classroom area this summer uh this or this next coming summer and so it was and then uh, I, I, I spent whatever time I could there and left to get lunch. But it was just interesting going, like, just two years, uh, just how much things had changed. Yeah. So I know it's it's a weird thing when, like, you've gone to a place. So I basically lived there for, like, four years. Yeah. And then coming back and just seeing it change, which is such a... Uh, it's just such an interesting experience whenever you go back mm-hmm. to a place which you thought you knew so well and it's changed. It's just kind of almost so, like shell shock. Like, yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. like... That's what I was thinking. What? It's like, like it's earth shattering. As someone who lived outside Pittsburgh for over eighteen years and then moved away to Oklahoma, every time I go back, it's it's almost like when you get there, you're reminded, oh, life here continued even though I, I wasn't here. You know, at the airport alone, Pittsburgh International Airport, that from freshman year to senior year, it's changed drastically. And I remember all those renovations just getting started back then. Oh. And and all these, the new businesses that have come and gone in our main street back home and people who suddenly have kids or people that actually died or something. You know, it, it is, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's it, weird. It reminds you that, there, that there's a whole, there's a whole world out there. Where everyone's on their so, own track. Yeah. So a good example of that, actually. So back in my my hometown up in Alaska, there was there was one highway, basically where I lived. Uh, yeah. It went from my town into the city. It's the only highway in all Alaska. There's right? pretty much there's like one. <laughs> it's technically it's like cut up near section, but it's basically one highway. Honestly, right. there was like there was a, a small little like a good decent kind of river that went over, and then the the two the main highway kind of split and would come down the hill and like you know. Ongoing on like one side, outgoing on the left side. It was like kind of split over this river, and then this past the past four years I was at school, they built a brand new bridge and highway system like over the river, and so the two original roads or sections of the highway aren't even used anymore. So every time I'd go home, like the bridge would be a little more built and be a little bit farther along, and then one time I went home, those two roads were completely closed off, and it was just the new bridge. I was like, yeah. oh my, like what in the world happened? Like it was just. It was weird because I, because you know, growing up there, I just felt you know it was home. Like oh, I knew like I knew the place like the back of my hand. You know, I knew everything that was going on. And then being away for so long and going back, I'm like oh, like I'm I don't recognize parts of of this anymore. And it was kind of disconcerting just because I had spent so much time there growing up. I was like, how do I not know yeah. everything there is to know about my town anymore and about like yeah. my friends or about my like church group? I came back and I was like, how yeah. did I miss all this? It was just it's a it's a weird thing. To experience, yeah, it, it, I definitely and and something, it's not quite, it's nowhere near on the level of when I experienced leaving my hometown freshman year of college versus going back home senior year of college. But when I when I lived in Connecticut last year, um, I was frequently going into Westchester County in New York, which is right over Connecticut New York state line, 
and the corporate offices I was traveling to was over in New Jersey. And if I wanted to avoid a $15 toll on the George Washington Bridge, Ugh. ridiculous, uh, I would take the what was then known, I don't know if it's still called, the Tappan Zee Bridge. This is a bridge that cost, I want to say it was like billions of dollars. It was a bridge. And we're not talking like it was the Pontchartrain Bridge that is super a super long bridge. We're talking a bridge that, that crossed the Hudson. You know, it's not the <laughs> Mississippi. It's not a mile long. It crossed the Hudson. And it cost a ridiculous, it cost $3.9 billion. Oh my gosh. I don't know why it cost that much. Either way, it was, when I had moved there, it was still being worked on. And I I only lived in Connecticut two months, but when I was leaving, it was the week before I had totally moved out of Connecticut. I was going down to Pennsylvania to visit my brother. The bridge was done. And that old Tappan Zee that I crossed on my very first time driving up to my new home in Connecticut, it was shut down and it was slowly being taken apart. And that obviously, like I said, it's nowhere near like that level. But it's like these these things that you almost don't even pay much mind to, that are just there. Whether that it's in a place that means something to you, like your hometown, or it's a place like South Nyack, New York, that you don't care about. Yeah. Uh, either way, it was weird to think I just was driving on that bridge a couple months ago, oh, and, no. and now now no one will ever drive <laughs> on it again. So it's, I don't know why I'm just that person that gets weirdly nostalgic about that type of stuff. So my parents are so my brother graduates from college this year. Uh, my sister graduated a few years ago. She's married with a kid, and uh, they have no plans to move back to Alaska. My brother's Is your brother's really a senior. Mm-hmm. God, he's a senior. I he's felt graduating like it was this year. Just yeah. so recent that he was just going off to college. Shut up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm being serious. I'm not kidding. There's something about uh, it. I don't know. Whatever. How, you can be more nostalgic about it than I am. I, my don't, brother. I don't know. Whatever. Go ahead. But anyway, so he's probably not going to be moving back to Alaska. I'm not moving back anytime soon. So my parents are looking at, are talking about selling the house and moving within the next two, three years just to be closer to the kids. I don't know, but I was thinking about that the other day and I was just like, I don't want them to. Like, I don't, I don't want, I like, I want to be able to go like back to Alaska and just like, hey. You know, sleep at home. But if they sell the house, it's like, because we lived in that house for twenty plus years. Yeah. Uh, and so if they do move and go to a new house, it's just going to be more just like four walls and a ceiling to me. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't home. Yeah. This is just you know a house where my parents happen to move to. So it's yeah. My my. I kind of hope they don't, just because I don't want them to sell that house. Because I I just I, I've lived there for so long. Totally get it. My parents are currently, I think still considering moving to Montana. My sister moved there last year and they they've been out to visit her at least a couple times and they are really considering moving out there after they both retire. And that is so weird to me because my my entire life I always just assumed they were going to stay right there in that in that home outside. So that's, that's why Pittsburgh. yeah, same. I, I was like no way you guys would ever move. Your your entire lives are right there. You, you, we moved in that house like 96, 97 maybe. And your entire lives have been built around that house there on 2nd Street. You know, you're not going to move to Montana. You guys were born in eastern Pennsylvania. You'll die in western Pennsylvania. <laughs> but they are seriously considering moving to Montana. Yeah. It's so weird to think that when I go back to Pennsylvania to visit, I'm not going to be staying with my That's parents true. in that home. Like, it's harder for me to justify my parents staying where they are because Alaska, it's it's not an easy place to get to. Like, uh, yeah. It's a long flight. It's a yeah. lot of money. and It's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And if all their kids are down here, especially since my sister, you know, has a grand, like there's a grandkid now, yeah. which my parents want to see. And if they want to come see him, you know, it's $1,000 and a full day of flying. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really hard for me. I'm like, I mean, it makes sense that they want to move down here to be closer to their kids and, you know, their grandkid. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I kind of want you guys to stay up there because I, I like the house. I want to be able to go because I love Alaska. That's, I love yeah. Alaska. And I would, lo- I would love to be yeah. able to like go out there and be like, yeah, this is where yeah. I live and just sleep and like, you know, go do my Alaska things where I want. So 
Yeah. All right, that's enough. That's enough reminiscing yeah. and nostalgia. We are gonna move on to the best and worst of the week. We're too young to be nostalgic. Oh well, if only. Um, so I. Now you wanna go personally, first? Personally, okay. I personally have one worst but two best. Ooh, all I right. will. I will start with the worst though. Okay. And this is breaking news. I mean. Some of the people who listen to this tomorrow, this might be the first time they've heard of it. Okay, let's hear it. Because it was earlier today. Are you aware of who Joe Exotic is? I am. His name, Joseph Maldondo <laughs> Passage. That's his real name. Also known as Joseph Allen Maldondo. He has like several names. But in Oklahoma, we call him Joe Exotic. He is 55. He is a former Libertarian candidate for Oklahoma. He has been, just today, indicted for murder for hire. Oh my gosh! A federal grand jury indicted him today. He was arrested in Florida. And he is... He is <laughs> in Florida. He is expected to be extradited to Oklahoma oh in the coming future. He, Florida man. He allegedly gave an unnamed person $3,000 to travel from Oklahoma to South Carolina and then to Florida to carry out a murder. And there was like a promise of paying thousands of more after. This is coming from KOCO here in Oklahoma City. It is... I I, I mean, That's honestly, absurd. this might... This could be... In, a contender for best of the week, depending on how you view it. I want to say it's my best of the week. I want to say it's the worst, just because, like, come on, Joe. Like, as a libertarian, as someone who 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 would, if I was a if I was an Oklahoma resident, would have voted libertarian, wouldn't have voted for him. Yeah, okay. I hope would have voted for one of the others. I mean, it's just embarrassing. I mean, he's he's a joke. He always was a joke. I have a friend oh. who I have a couple friends I think who supported him. I don't. I think they. Supported him more as a joke than anything else. I didn't know he lived in Oklahoma. I thought he was a Florida, Floridian. No, he is. He's oh, he used man. to. He's a former resident of, of Wynwood, Oklahoma. He, he had a he, he had not... a zoo down there. He had a, he had a bunch of tigers. I, yeah, yeah, I, that's I, how he got yeah, famous. I know, I know about. It. I've heard about him. So that's uh, that's my worst of the week, just because he's, it's he's like not making Oklahoma look good either. No, he's not making anybody look good. Murder oh. for hire and and three thousand bucks. You can pay maybe some gangbanger a thousand bucks on the south side to cap someone, but three thousand. Who who's gonna? It's gas money. Honestly, (laughs) half of it's gonna go to gas. Who is traveling to to another state to kill someone, and you're gonna pay three thousand bucks? Who is he wanting to kill? That's a great question. Who does he want to kill? And who is this unnamed person that he paid this money to? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I feel like the, the unnamed person should definitely be arrested as well, considering he I took mean, money to kill a guy. Maybe, and maybe he's actually, I don't know any or maybe of the he turned details. Him in. He it might could, have been he, like, hey, he could have been the one Chuck who... Chuck just paid me $3,000 to go kill a guy. He could have been an informant. But honestly, uh, satirical news site here in Oklahoma, it's not real. It's serious but funny. Uh, the Lost Ogle, they raised a good point and question, did his... Then husband really kill himself. I think it was earlier. Th- I think it was either earlier this year or last year. His then husband killed himself. Ooh, scandal! And now, and 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 now, of course, maybe it's just total. It's to- it's totally reaching. But he was like, oh, did he really kill himself, or did Joe Exotic pay someone else to kill his husband? I mean, he did get married like a couple months after. Already, uh, yeah. like, uh, already you know. Uh, now mm, that could be because he's insane. Or it could be because he actually did or, want his or husband killed. I mean, if he's insane, it even makes more that's, sense. He killed his late fair. husband. But anyway, oh can, my god! Your turn, best or worst, whatever. You uh, want to start mine's with. worse. Okay. And there's no funny side to it at all. It's just a terrible event that happened recently. Oh jeez. Okay. Where uh, a police officer in Dallas uh, got off work, went home, yeah, went to the wrong apartment, yeah, and ended up killing a guy. Asinine. Ridiculous. Because yeah. they thought it was their apartment. Yeah. Which is like, what? What's for one, shame here? For for all the, the cop apologists out there, that's fine. You want to support the boys in blue, that's fine. This right here is manslaughter. And if it was a private citizen, they would be charged with manslaughter. Oh, yeah. But because it's in Texas and because it's a cop, there is a chance there'll be no criminal charge. I will say, that, so Chief Hall... I, to give her some credit, she is 
handing the investigation over to the Texas Rangers, so it's not going to be an in-house good. investigation. Yeah, no, good. Which I can at least say, you know, at least give him give her like a little bit of props for that. Like, hey, yeah. at least you're not doing the own. Like, if it was like, hey, we'll investigate that. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, no, we're handing yeah. it over to the Texas Rangers to finish this investigation yeah. to to negate any you know bias. So and I'm like, yeah. okay, like I can. I can get behind that a little, little bit more. I can least, get behind it. It's, it's more... It's totally not going to eliminate bias. No, it's not going to eliminate bias. Cops, you know? Yeah. Cop- it's, it, it's, it's, one thing, it's one thing to have it in-house, you know? Yeah. It, uh, it makes me a little more confident. It doesn't, still like, doesn't make uh, me feel good. At least good. you're doing out-of-house. I mean, it's still yeah. the Texas Rangers, uh, which I haven't heard about them in a long time. I assume their reputation's still good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. It's, it's very rarely I hear about the Texas Rangers. I mean, now that... Now that uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, has been off the air for a while. I don't yeah. hear about him a lot so, anymore. Chuck Norris is... So I'll, I'll at least give them some credit for going for an out-of-house yeah. investigation into it. But no, it is just yeah. a... Uh, I'm very curious to see what comes of that. It's 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 a, it's just a sad story, honestly. I don't want to yeah. talk about it too much, just because it's like... At the end of the day, it is. It's just It's horrible. just a very sad story. Again, and and so. I don't know what that cop is feeling. Maybe, maybe she's totally mortified and i don't know totally regretful i don't know maybe not but either way like you said just a sad story it is just a very so, very unnecessary death i have like i said two best of the weeks okay, for me okay. one of them is they actually both involve heavily my hometown of pittsburgh oh boy yeah so oh boy john carroll lynch an actor um he, he was in he's been in a lot of movies he was in ted too he was in the walking dead He's definitely one of those people. If you saw him, you'd know who he was. Yeah, you might. You don't probably don't know the name, and that's fine. You don't have to. The point is, um, he is going to be in a new Pittsburgh filmed show called One Dollar, and part of that is going to be picking up on the world famous Pittsburgh accent. Otherwise known as Pittsburghese. Oh my goodness. Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. It is definitely a thing. It, I didn't it, know it was called Pittsburghese. Pittsburghese, yeah. Pittsburghese. It is, it is a world famous thing. So this gentleman, honestly to his credit, he, he does he nails it. He does? He does very okay. good. He, he Apparently he spent uh, a lot of time trying to to research that's, and get into it. and so I mean, that's good at least. Here is John Carroll Lynch with a very well-perfected Pittsburghese accent. Middle of the night, my girl came to the house, had a long, cold swim in the pool. In the morning, I turned on my spigot, washed my lucky socks. I had a full pot of hot coffee. She had a pop. We went downtown to the Steelers game, snapping Bengals like a gum band. Then we went over the bridge to the south side to meet you guys at my bro's house for some ho-hos and another cup of joe and I. What is that language? <laughs> what did he say at the end? That, okay, what is so, that? So some some of the trademark Pittsburgh phrases. So something like he said downtown. So someone with the Pittsburghese accent, they're gonna say downtown. Downtown. Head downtown. Head downtown. And they're not gonna say Steelers. They're gonna say Stillers. Stillers. They're not gonna say quit being nosy. They're gonna say quit nebbin. <laughs> They're not going to say y'all or use guys. They're going to say yens. <laughs> yens. 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 I like that better than y'all, actually. I, so do I. They're not going to say soda. They're going to say pop. They're I not gonna, They're not going to say coke like people in Texas. Those weird freaks. That's weird, if you ask me. They're gonna what, you, say, what kind of coke you want? Dr. Pepper? No! That doesn't make That's sense. Stupid. I hate it. It's dumb. It's not coke. It's Dr. I, Pepper. I'm glad we agree What kind of coke you want? Pepsi? No. That's get out. <laughs> But they're going to say pop, you know. Uh, they call rubber bands gum bands. It's just, it's a very unique verbiage that is very, very specific bizarre. to Western Pennsylvania. So he, he for the most part, does a fantastic job nailing it. Why he, don't you talk like this? He said, I don't know. I was born in Eastern Pennsylvania, maybe that's why. Uh, <laughs> Pitch posh. But he says, he says warsh, too. It's not wash, it's warsh. warsh. I've heard warsh before. Yeah. yeah. Spicket. Turn on the spigot and wash your st- <laughs> <laughs> So, Wisconsin's, uh, they call water fountains bubblers. Uh, I have heard and that. And, and it, so, I had so my friends at, a, uh, at college. We went frolfing one day, frisbee golfing for you uh, intellectuals. 
It's actually called disc golfing. Shut for up. us intellectuals. Shut your mouth. Go ahead. Um, and as we're walking back, and I was, and I was like, "Hey, let's go," you know, to the cafeteria, or whatever. He's like, "Oh, cool. Let me stop by the bubbler first. I was like, "The what?" No, he's that, like, "The bubbler." I was like, "That's inexcusable." What the heck are you talking about? I was like, "Yeah, the water fountain." I'm like, "Who calls it a bubbler?" He's like, "No, when like you get the thing, you know, freaks. It, it bubbles up." I'm like, "No, that's not. A, that's no, inexcusable. no, that's, that's you know, I I think people from Wisconsin." I think, but also people from um, Michigan, that area, they'll say bagel. Bag, yeah, bagel. They'll say bagel instead of bagel. Uh, my ba- friend bagel. South Dakota, he does it too. It's not bagel. I don't care. Ba- it's, yeah, not it's not bagel. It's, it's bagel. bagel. It's yeah. not bagel. I had a friend. She was all. Uh, she was like, yeah, I'm gonna go my bag. And you're like, what? Like, bag. 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 <laughs> Put a bagel in my bag. I'm That's like, that one was so weird. My friend, he he would say, <laughs> he'd say bagel. But then for bag, he'd say bag. Yeah, bag. Like that. Bag in my bag. What? <laughs> say, it's like, say milkshake. Milkshake. Now say milk. Milk. <laughs> <laughs> what? How does that work? Uh, okay. fun, so fun fact. So Alaska. Uh, I guess we kind of have some Alaskan a little bit. But uh, oh so in the 48s. Well, so we, we, we yeah. referred to the continental United States Whatever. as the 48s. The better the, part the, of you know, America. The lower, the lower 48s, you know, the states. Sure. Because we're so far in. But uh, what you guys call snowmobiles, we call snow machines because they are snow machines, not snowmobiles. See, in, in the lower 48s, we call snow machines, at least in Pennsylvania, we call snow machines those things that create snow at like a ski resort yeah. to pad... Wild. The naturally existing snow. Yeah, that's no. It's a snow machine. It blows out snow. It's not like a, like I'm a not snowmobile. About that. You're being snow mobile on snow. Snowmobile makes more sense. It's a snow machine. That's dumb. I live in Alaska. Suck it. Well, you guys are wrong. No, we're right. We're you, Alaska. You guys have the highest suicide rate for a reason. Then okay? give us this. Uh, I will die on this hill. That's that might be fair. I might give you that because you guys don't have a lot of anything else, so maybe we'll. When, when you literally the only way to get from town to town is by a snow machine, <laughs> <laughs> we can call it whatever the we want. All right. That all right. I, when I, it's the, literal survival. Okay. I'll, at the very least, I'll stop talking about it. You go ahead and call it. What and you we want. have you know a race that's internationally known called the Iditarod. That's also we also have the Iron Dog okay. version of that. All right. We're gonna move on from this do you do you have a best of the week or no? i do actually okay. it's actually it's it's so a, you share yours and i'll share my second one and then we'll yes. okay call it so this one it's just a picture i thought was really really funny oh, geez. uh it's an all-encompassing idea of australia and in this photo let me describe it to you a quick. photo we will tweet from a, our a photo account, we will tweet and then the uh, at carpe noctum pod for those and also to the show notes yes uh so imagine just kind of like a picture of like an like kind of like the the beach of an ocean on that ocean is a uh, a shark cut in twain with a dingo eating it, and in the foreground you have two snakes coiled together having sex. I don't know what to make of that. There it is, right there. There's a lot going on in that photo, but I mean, it makes sense. It, <laughs> it is. I think just one of those. As photos, someone who is seeing that photo for the first time, I mean, it it, it makes sense. If, if you were to look at that and go, where do you think that is? That's, That's not the it's, most Australia picture I've seen, but it's, it's... It's very Australian. It's up there. Uh, a shark being eaten by a dingo with two snakes coiled around each yeah. other. That's the shark. The shark being eaten <laughs> was my favorite part. Um, it's just like, oh, well, all right. All right, so, so last thing. quick my, thing, but that, that was my favorite, like, best of the week. That's just, that's just right. really funny. That's, no, that's good. Uh, my, my second best of the week, another thing, like I said, related to Pittsburgh, a former, I think former... Steelers player, uh, he had on the the Muppets. There was like this song back during the two thousand five Super Bowl, two thousand six, one of the two. I don't know. Um, he, the Muppets came out with this song where they were like intentionally mispronouncing his name. His name is Troy Polamalu. I don't. He's I, a big guy. I cannot say for sure if he still plays for this. I don't know. I'm. I'm I mean, not. just look at look at their lineup and see if you have hair flowing out the back. That's that's what that's all really you need. Uh, but so he uh, gorgeous hair. He used to get fined for that all the time because his hair he hang af- out. He can afford he it. He can. So that's why he never changed it. But anyway, um, the song went 
Palamalu, and then like some other Muppets would pop up and say, it's Palamalu. And it was this like cute, humorous song. It, it got it was one of those songs that got stuck in your head and you wanted to shoot yourself to get rid of it. <laughs> it was really annoying. But this week, in case you didn't know, there was an anonymous op-ed published in the New York Times from a uh, staff member within Trump's White House that took a lot of shots at Trump himself. Trump has vowed to find who this guy was since it's been published. But at a, at a rally in Montana this week, <laughs> he failed to announce anonymous correctly. And instead of saying anonymous, he said anonymous. Exactly. You know where this is going. So this so this video, courtesy of courtesy of Levi Gibeon on Twitter, he took he you already know where this is going. He he put he put them together. So just listen here. Anonymous. 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 Yes. Well, that, well, that is funny. Um, <laughs> that, that, that is actually that's really funny because it, it fits perfectly. I don't know. Yes. Uh, I don't. As far I don't think flubs matter. Like I don't care if my president like flub, like I do it all the time. Yeah, everyone I mean, does. It just I happens to be. I don't hold them against them. No, I mean. Because people are like, oh, because I know people are like, he's stupid. He mispronounced anonymous. Like, I do crap like that all the day, or like, I'll be mid sentence and I'll forget what I'm talking yeah. about. Sean Spicer did it all the time. Yeah. It was kind of it like, was kind of funny. Yeah, if like you recorded yourself every second of every single day, there would be a lot of hiccups. Yeah, my favorite, like, uh, my I- favorite Sean Spicer thing was when he meant to say Assad and he said Ashad. <laughs> That's a small, but honestly, he's still not on par with George W. Bush. Who gave us some of the best? It is true. He like, made up words, misunderstood. He he said, "Is our children learning?" Defending his <laughs> "No Child Left Behind" policy, he once made a mockery of the uh, "Fool me once, shame on you." Fool me twice, shame on me. He made a mockery of it by saying, "Fool me once, shame on you." Fool me, you can't get fooled again. One of the greatest <laughs> recordings of any president ever. Hilarious. But anyway. it, is, it is funny, but I think I think some people like that's like saying, "Hey, like I don't judge a person's intelligence." I'm like, I have like they flub every once in a while, like do something like that because that's like saying, "Oh, someone who has a speech impediment obviously can't be smart because they cannot can't pronounce words correctly." I'm like, that's fair. It's fair. But, so like if you mess up a phrase or two, I'm like, eh, it like it happens to all of us. That is fair, but so I'm sure many people would say this isn't. A layman. This isn't the average person. This is the president of the United States. I'm not saying that. Either yeah, way, either I, way, I don't hold it against. I think it's funny, but I'm not. Yeah. Like, either way, it makes a great. It makes a great sound bit to go ahead and put into songs. Yeah. Either way, I don't think any any more or lesser him for it. I think it's just funny. Yeah. No. Certainly, I don't. I already think so little of him that <laughs> this certainly doesn't make me think less of him. All right. Well, so at that point, at the conclusion of best and worst of the week, we're going to go ahead and uh, finish up this week. Uh, from all of us here, I'm Dylan Shoop. I'm Dylan Kiefer, and we will see you next time. Carpe Noctum is a production by Amateurs, hosted by Dylan Shoop and Dylan Kiefer. Quick thanks to BenSound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.